Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What do you mean? The, you have no I do have a book. I have a small book there. It's downgraded from a big one. Uh, so now this week's welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Tommy and Hector show with Larita Blewett. Uh, a fella asked, could he name this week's show? And I think we should let him. Okay. I got this text in. So you know we're doing football now. Mm. And I, I actually I think it's my favourite one. Right. Yeah. Go De- on. Deportivo Corundula. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it's brilliant. So it's lovely. Uh, Yeah, I have a load of ideas here, actually. Oh, you do? But you had a bigger book. What's the story? Oh, look, he's taking one out. No, well, this is now, this is a a point of contention. You know, I was telling you about this solo podcast thing that I wanted to do. Right, so I was thinking, okay, what are are the ideas that I have for the solo podcast (laughs) that can't fit into? (laughs) Oh, he's keeping a separate book. He's doing a runoff. So then I said, well, that's a shite way to be going at it, isn't it? Dividing up your ideas. So I just said, well, whatever ideas I have, I'll I'll just fucking... Put them all into the one book. And I'll fucking horse them out. So I have... There's a lot of them. I have nine subjects now. (laughs) (laughs) To to go through. And we'll see how we get on. And we'll see how we get on. But before we go into that, how was your week? I... Decided to occupy me time by pulling up a decking, a patio. I mean, oh, <laughs> I know what you said. And for work. I, I, yeah, because I can't sit in and watch Ellen DeGeneres. I can't sit in and watch Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres, She's or really, Doctor she Phil. I have to be doing something. So in the morning, like fifty every day, I have to. So I hang on. So the kids get up and they're gone to school. The kids are up. They're it's gone, half nine, and I'm there going. I have to do something. I can't sit inside if it's in any way dry I'll go outside 15 years ago uh, we put down a decking as all people said what did David McWilliams say it was the, it was the Pope's children decking around Ireland 2004, 5 and 6 there was 755 million tonnes of decking wood put down around ha- houses around Ireland everyone wanted a decking I put down a decking I mean, you have a fine decking as well I have a fine decking fine deck. but I'm looking out at that decking it's like Torval and Dean in the middle of winter I mean you oh, could, yeah. it's slippy slidey it's rotten the Jack Russell rock will be out and be sniffing. I know there's life underneath the deck. Yeah, that's the problem. So I, I, I said, right, I'm going to start taking it up. 
How do you take up decking that's down 15 years ago? The screws are rotten in the wood. Yeah, you phone a lad and you say, fix <laughs> yeah, the decking. Exactly. I'm watching telly. <laughs> so I I'm went going over, to Super Value. Uh, no, I went over to a mate of mine called Clive, who has the most amazing garage full of tools. Everything. And I said to him... Sounds like fucking hell to No, me. no, Tommy, look, no. Come, in, come into the shed and I joined the new Black & Decker. We, we had a cup of tea and we had a few ginger nut biscuits at about seven o'clock one evening and I said to him, what do I need to take up the decking? He said... A Polish bloke. <laughs> You have one here for you. Three Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> From court. <laughs> no. So he said to me, so he said, you get a reciprocal saw. I said, what is it? A reciprocal saw? It's this hand yoke that goes. It gives says, you back I said, give me one of them. Open the boot. Reciprocal saw goes in. He says, you need a kango with a diamond head in it. Jesus. <laughs> I said, are you going to give me a Kango? He says, yeah, because the Kango underneath the deck and it's probably put down on, on, on cement, on, on floats. He says, take the Kango. <gasps> I thought I was cool as hell. I couldn't even lift it into the boot. About 90 <laughs> kilos of a Kango. Got the Kango. He says, you need a crowbar and you need a nail bar. I says, for what? He says, for popping the deck and when they pop, you get the crowbar in underneath. And something oh. to cover your eyes then maybe as well. Yeah, have all that. Have Honestly, all that crap. So, so. I, ha- I am lifting the decking for the last seven days. I am popping boards and throwing out rotten wood. But things were going great last week. Middle of this, and lovely morning. I was out, kango. I said, I'm on a fucking kango. I'm working a kango. Were you wearing like working boots? Yeah, oh yeah, working boots. And I have me old, I've got these old manky old jeans. I love going up to Super Value at lunchtime and getting the shopping because everyone says to you, are you doing a bit? Yeah, kango out the back there and pull the decking. So I was going well on the on the kango and I, I, I said da, 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 da. next minute the kango just goes dead. And I'm going duh, 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 nothing. Now you're making the noises. <laughs> 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 the kango's dead, you're there. <laughs> 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 and the wife goes out, Hector, are you are not right? Yep, just a just a <laughs> I'm on the manual kango. <laughs> There's something wrong with the automatic one. I have to make the noise myself. I am. Dying kango. Sick kango. <laughs> I'm just trying to get myself going here. <laughs> so anyway, I am. Um, I uh, I what I done was I had hit an underground cable oh, of my electricity. I could have killed myself. What the hell? I had pierced the whole underground cable that runs under the house. Hector, very fucking dangerous. Up. So <laughs> very dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. Good job you were making the noise. You feel like electric unit. I'm fucking lying in the bed in the hospital. <laughs> You'd be so full of electricity. You'd be still there. <laughs> 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 he hasn't spoken in days. <laughs> What does he say? We're waiting for the run of the battery. <laughs> 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 
an underground cable going from the house that supplies the garage. It's about three foot under cement and I managed to pierce wow. it. Wow. So the, so the, get sick. Oh, stop. So next minute. The electricity of the, the, the whole house Yeah, gone. all the jump switches and switches jump went. Switches. <laughs> all the trip switches. The missus was in watching Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> it went... <laughs> It everything went dead. I can hear this. What the fuck's going on out there? Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> there was no power in the whole fucking parish. I took all the power of the parish out. I rang Clive. I said, Clive. <laughs> I says, Clive. Please. I says, come over here quick. So he comes over about an hour later and he goes, oh, something's wrong. He says, I says, I think I'm after piercing something. And he says, "You're after hitting a wire. It's somewhere under there." And he said, "And I'm and I'm sort of digging it and still with it." Yeah, and it, no, no, I'm digging with it. And, he, and he's there. No, it's there. Put your hand down there and feel. I can feel the, the. And how well the fucker knew when I put my hand down, I jumped. He electrocuted. Oh, he knew. He knew it was down there. He was down rooting, and he felt a little electrical shock. But to to just to piss me off, he said, "It's down there. It's somewhere there. Put your hand down. I'm down rooting between gravel. <laughs> the ground was alive. Was live." So he says, you're going to have to can go out three oh, foot by three foot. You're going to have to go down a foot underneath the wire. I would have moved. <laughs> and, 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 and then he goes, then you're going to have to go in and get two submarine joiners, a load of S- You are going to have to S- do this. A load of SWA. And I'm there going, hold on a second. Let me get me mobile. What is a load of SWA? Three metres of SWA. Walk away. What's SWA? It's, it's, it's concrete reinforced wiring. Two submarine joiners with a load of black, with a load of sealant gel. I, I went walked into the, I walked into the flatty markets about an hour later. Well, I'm lying on the counter with me boots. Well, boys, give us two metres of SWA, two submarine joiners, and what did the lad say to me? Did you hit a cable? <laughs> 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 All the electricians were queuing up behind me going, is that, is that Hector? <laughs> so anyway, we fixed it. You join the wire with these submarine yokes and you fill it with gel. Oh man, that's what I've been at this um, week. Health and safety warning. Oh, Do fuck, not try that at home eyes, yourself. Please, why am I so giddy in here? <laughs> Think you're supposed to do things like that. So, uh, wow, what a week! What a week! Anyway, that's my. Jesus, week. I thought I was good putting together a flat packed uh, <laughs> coat rack. <laughs> oh. <sighs> we get uh, a list of all. Once you start doing a podcast, you can find out where your listeners are. It's my favorite thing about the podcast. <laughs> you asked me for the, yeah. and the breakdown. It is phenomenal. So obviously, most of our listeners are in in prison. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're just about able to get Spotify and iTunes um, but it, it goes to all the different countries and I'm fascinated by the, the by the countries where we only have one yeah. listener like the fucking Yemen. the Yemen there's one fucker in the Yemen <laughs> just walker they tell you there's no health food shops in the fucking Yemen that's for sure there's no evergreen in there where you're getting your fucking zinc yeah. there's um Mad, uh, and North Korea and fucking Burkina Faso yeah, well, and the know. Arctic and <laughs> I just love Iran <laughs> Iran there's one country in Iran listening to us and we cannot find them we where is he fucking send so we'd, we'd like to ask uh, to our listener in the Yemen now as you know the Yemen is it, it, it's, it's been bombed to shit at the moment it oh, is it's whoa. having a very bad time and Hosanna in eggshell. She's um, and our listener in Burkina. So the two I'd like to reach out to is the person in the Yemen and the person in Iran. Yes, 
Uh, if you could uh, get in contact with us, we would love to start a relationship with you and just find out who you are, what you're doing there and how did you end up? Like, are you are you a Yemeni? Are you an Irish aid worker? Are you are married to a local man? A, a shepherd? And how did you hear Do you need to get across the border at midnight? We can send a, a bus, a City Link bus to, to bring you. Could you imagine From the we... Yemen. Um so it, whoever you are in those strange places, and Please what, get in touch. what we'll do is uh, before the end of the show, we'll bring out a, we'll, we'll call out the list of countries that we only have one listener in. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't and it? And if you could get in contact with us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We'd like to be friends with them, people. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, going to work with your father. Right. Um, so I was watching this documentary recently and it was about uh, African uh, villagers. Uh, in, in Africa, no, not in like Tum, but African villagers in, <laughs> in Africa. And the way the society is set up there, once a Gossin is like uh, eight or nine, probably, he spends the first seven or eight years of his life hanging around the mam, getting all the mammy softness, right. like, you know, to be, he's surrounded by soft flesh, you know. And did he? He's, and he did, yeah. <laughs> He's surrounded by the soft haunches of his mother, like her large, magnificent arse and her big thighs. Holding on to her. And, you know, comfort, comfort. The hollow in his skull will be matching the hollow in the, the, her, the cheek of her arse. Do you know the kind of the, the right. haunch, you know, up above? The just, haunch. The haunch. Right. 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 You know, so, so it'll be, they'll be going haunch to haunch. Yes, you know. yes, yes. And... Uh, always and he'd be surrounded by her sisters and her friends you know a young fellow what a beautiful way to spend the first eight or nine years of your life close to that big bosom softness of your mammy isn't it fucking perfect it's just it's just uh, there's no better uh, safety the safety upbringing for a young fellow than to spend the first eight years of his life in such magnificent proximity to that marvellous generosity of female flesh. Right. And then around there, eight or nine. Well said. Eight or nine, he's, he starts hanging out with his dad and everything fucking changes. Because <laughs> now it's about muscle and fucking toughness and getting a knee in the back if you're acting the bollocks. And <laughs> it's about getting punched and thumped and it's about spending time with your dad. Yes. Now in Africa, this would have meant, you know, walking, walking, you know, barefoot, hard ground, just fucking suspicion, spears, fucking silence, cunning, out in the heat, death. And that's how you learn to be a man. You learn about what manhood is by spending 10 years with your dad. In our culture, we don't have that. You know, our kids are sent to school and... uh but back in the 70s, I don't know if dads still do this, back in the 70s, every now and again, my father would say to me, do you want to come to work with me today? Mm-hmm. Mm. Instead of going to school. What a lovely oh, brilliant. Wasn't that a fantastic we don't say that. act of generosity? And did so, you? Absolutely. So my father used to go around visiting farms. So I'd just spend the day in the car with him. Just fucking visiting farms. Yeah. Mm. Now his father, my father was an agricultural advisor. His father was an agricultural advisor. 
So, but I just thought it was a, a great thing for my yeah. dad to do, which is <clears> come on into the fucking car with me. And we'd, we'd spend, my father used to spend, say, three or four days a week in the off, in uh, visiting farms and one day in the office. So it'd be a day that he'd be driving around Meath. That he'd bring you. Out yeah. to trim and kells. Did and, you ever and, and, any desire to do that job yourself? Not really, no, but you'd, you'd, be, you'd go into kitchens and the farmer you'd be visiting would, would be delighted that there'd be a young fella and well. you know oh yeah now you're following in your father's footsteps yeah? no Lord he's a cut of a tear man, isn't he oh you're, you're, your father's a very clever man yeah, yeah, oh he is eh? come on and we'll have a cup of tea and you're not at school today you're fucking better off anyway nothing but cunts in them fucking places <laughs> out here and have a look at this Kevin have a look at this region scary calf <laughs> <laughs> and um, a wonderful thing to do you know yeah we uh, don't say that to our children anymore do you want to come with me for the day uh, I, I, I took uh, when my oldest boy uh, was uh, about 12 I, I took him on the road with me well he was fucking traumatised <laughs> I was there you know we'd be there watching the show like it was an awful I shouldn't have done it oh, <laughs> there, there it's w- not like standing on the sideline yeah. look, look at your dad is Robbie Williams no <laughs> jump into the truck or your dad is <laughs> He's, he's, he's looking up his dad, and I'm there, fucking. Because I'm a different person on stage, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm. When I woke up in the morning, the kid is in the cot, and your cock is hard, <laughs> and you go over to pick up the baby, and you're on half an erection, and you're your cock runs again. How many vaginas in the front row? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. One vagina, two vagina, three vagina, four, five vagina, six vagina, seven vagina, more. Look at all the vaginas! <laughs> the young lad standing on the side of the stage going, that's Go on. my dad. <laughs> Go on, dad. <laughs> Go on, dad, you mad bastard. You legend. <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> and then driving home in the car and he wants to be like me, so he's sitting there with the legs spread. Oh, Lord. Talking about vaginas. Oh, I, love, oh. I love being a man, dad. <laughs> me cock. Hey, come vagina. On, come on. We're going here that moment. Pull in here. We're raiding a few young ones. <laughs> Tommy, I remember when you so did funny. that piece of comedy. I'll just say this quickly. In Kilkenny, at one of the gigs in Kilkenny, and you told that story of when you have the baby and you're still a bit horny six months later and you wake up at three in the morning, the baby's awake, but you've still a horny and you clatter your willy off the, the railings on the cot. Well, I never... <laughs> well, I never laugh so much. And it's darkness. Oh, for fuck's sake. I, I get... I used to... It's a, weird, it's a weird thing now. I used to say... Uh, I used to say this little prayer before I went on stage. Now, it's, it's going to sound really strange to people. But I used to be at the, at the side of the stage and I'd be going, like, because I'm quite a normal person and I have uh, I'm, I have manners and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't really curse off stage. and I'm You're mainstreamed. Like. I'm mainstream. I'm an ordinary human being, like, but on stage, you just become this. It's like you're a creature. From, Possessed. Yeah. You, it's like you're from the other world. And the things, what attracts a, a trickster is tension. So anywhere where there's tension in the culture, that's where the trickster fucking goes. So if there's, if there's tension around sex, he'll be overtly sexual. If there's tension around race, he'll be, he'll be poking at it, like he'll be pretending to be racist. He'll be, if there's a tension about whatever the fuck... That's where you gravitate, yeah. you know. And I, I remember going, and it's a feeling of freedom, and it's a feeling of not being careful. And it's, isn't it awful funny? Like I used to say things like I used to say, 
please, Lord Jesus, let me do my work. And not consciously kind of going, okay, I'm going out here to be reckless. Yeah. But I say, please, Lord Jesus, let me do my work. And I'd step on this stage and it was like this fucking space opened up in front of me where I just became like a, a, a Machiavellian fucking messer like and there was nothing I wouldn't say and there was no topic I wouldn't go near there was no word that wouldn't come out of my mouth there was yeah. and it, there was no image that I wouldn't describe you know and then when you walk off stage then and you go what the fuck was that like yeah yeah mm. what the why, why did I say that why did I you know so you might think you might say please Lord Jesus let me do my work and you might think you know that you're able to handle the consequences of it. Afterwards. But yeah. you're not really. Like I'd often be fucking driving home after a gig with my head between my legs going, oh, I can't believe I said that. And almost vomiting with self-loathing and fucking giving out to myself. But that's the spirit. That's what you ask for, you know. And then you Did, meet someone in the shop on Monday and they remind you of it. Are you, but, but, <laughs> so when Hector reminded me of that bit of material, that doesn't sound like me. Like that. No. It's no. just another, it's like, you know, like who who talks about having a horn picking up a baby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. You, you talk about putting your face into a, a bee's hive. But like, it was a, such a funny trouble. one. But, we, but, the, but, 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 but on stage, fucking... It's okay. And it's so funny in the audience when you hear somebody saying stuff like that because we've all been in those situations if you've you know, been a dad. Uh, yeah. you, you you said about your dad going to work with your dad. My, we had a shop in the main street in Navin for 30 or 40 years, Kyogen and Carty's. It was a suits shop and carpets and we used to have the, the mad thing was when I was a young lad, my dad used to put down red carpet for weddings. So we get a call, wedding in Dunderry on, on Friday. Would you want you want to come with me? I said, of course I'll do, Dad. So we go out, we put the red carpet into the boot of the car outside the shop and we drive to Dundery Church and we put down the red carpet, 140 yards of it, from the altar down through the seats, out out the main door and the <laughs> across the gravel. And, the, and down the steps and across the gravel. And we and, and then we'd have one of those little push little uh uh, cleaner things, little you know, like a little box, and you could hoover up, oh, like yeah. not electrical. And we and he said, "You give it another lick of that there." And we'd I'd be out in the steps, and uh, and we'd wait until the wedding started, and then we we'd go off for an hour or two, have a sandwich and a cup of tea, come back and roll it up, and then we get big bands of that big mask and brown sellotape, and we'd stick it all up and back into the car and fifty quid for the wedding. That's what my dad did on the side through the shop. And how old were you been now? Had not, had not Seven, been? eight, oh, nine. Yeah. I knew the every church in Ireland, every church in Mead, Kells. Where are we going? Oliver Plunkett's. We don't need the big bit. We don't need the big bit. We only need about 30 yards on this one. Because we had a big roll, a middle roll, and a small roll. But going to work with me, dad. We had three or four men. Michael, I have to say, respect to these guys who worked in the shop. We were right opposite St. Mary's Church and we, my dad supplied suits to every GA man in the country. They'd all come in from Robinstown and Kells and talk football for hours and hours and they'd wear Farris suits and McGee suits and, and legend shorts and there was GAA, GAA in the shop and there'd be men in from raw all over, from Kells and Summerhill. So Sometimes you'd walk past the shop and you'd see eight or nine men in a circle just standing around going, <laughs> GAA, GAA. Jackson Kiernan was just 10 yards from us as well and and it was all mead men in there so I used to be in watching this watching all this stuff happening Pat uh, 
Pat Cregan and Michael Denning worked in the shop for 30 years and I have to respect, give respect, shout out to them both. They're both their families. But I was in there as a 12-year-old and I was in there lying with a long counter. The counter was 30 yards long. Old school long measuring counter. Measuring tapes, measuring tapes. Stuffed to the side of And, yeah. and tape and all stuff. is a drapery store. And... Uh, they were they, they'd lie on the counter. There was no tail. It was a wooden. It was a wooden thing you pulled out all the fifties and old wads, <laughs> and, uh, wads and wads and old fifties and twenties and tens. And then I remember this man came in. And he went, "Well, Mickey." <laughs> <laughs> this lad comes Definitely. in. Mickey Jogan was my father, Lord, to rest him. He said, "Well, Mickey, well, fo- well, Foxy, how are you? Come on, a new suit." And and down at the end were all the suits on the racks. And I went there, come here, we have a look. And I'm 12, I'm learning now. Might be a, my dad learned to be a tailor with Moss Brothers in London for served his time. And he was a tailor in Eden Derry and he loved suits, I loved the smart suit. And he was there. And your man, your man, your man went. I'll never forget as a 12-year-old. He says, right, Mickey. Uh, he says, what size are you? He said, we'll have a look. And he took out the old measuring tape and he turned it round. He took his, he puts it round his waist. Yes. 34 and a little biro pen 34 and then he went what are you in the leg and your man cocks out his leg like this and Mickey my father grabbed the measuring tape and hooshed it in under his gusset like that and he yeah. went all the way down to his ankle 32 the leg and he, but just before he said he says measure me Mickey <laughs> he said measure me Mickey and in my little mind I went what a great statement <laughs> measure me Mickey and Mickey got down a oh, fucking but that was my dad uh, and it's funny when you put on a suit now and all suits, but going to work with your dad, we had a shop, so it was a haven of football and class talk. And what about you? I used to go to the mart. <laughs> so, so Get a day off. School so that notion me. of fellas, like, you know, first eight years with your mam, that kind of tribal thing, and then the next 10 years with your dad. What What is it for a girl? Well, I suppose for me, because I was kind of a bit of a tomboy as well, I played football all the time. Yeah. So my dad used to train the local teams like minors and under 16s and all that. So I would go off to training with him all the time. And my mother had no interest in the football at all. So I'd be at football. I'd be training myself. I'd be going with him when he was training. I'd go to matches mm. all the time on a Sunday with him all across the country. We used to go to every Mayo match and Knockmore used to be flying in the 90s. We'd be going to Mullingar and we'd be going to Aerog and you'd be going down to Leithrum and you'd be going to all these places uh, watching Knockmore. So we used to do that. And then sometimes on a Monday... I'd have an old sneaky day off and I'd go to the mart. I loved going to the mart. The Wellington's on. The best part of the mart was you used to, there was a great chipper in the mart. You'd get the <laughs> chips. Class. Uh, so the so white plastic which mart tray. would you go to? Ballina. So and old would you have been? Oh God, I was going to the mart from like, I could be eight or I could be nine. Or I, could be, I stopped going then once I went to secondary school because it was uncool then to be going And to what the was your dad doing at the mart? Well, we'd be go. Sheep would be on a Tuesday, if I can remember rightly. So we'd be bringing the sheep on a Tuesday, and the cattle would be on a Monday. Class. So we could be selling, or we could be buying, or we could be just in for a look. Or so you'd load up the hoggets, and you'd fill. The, the, with, with it, they're the neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> the hoggets. The hoggets live two doors down. But, but the hoggets. Josie, Josie Hoggett. Got a lot of mercy on her. <laughs> Still, Mickey Hoggins. Oh, Paddy Hoggins. Paddy Hoggins. Paddy Hoggins was a great man. He got, yeah. he got an awful dose of the didn't know, oh, he died hard. And Henry, Henry Hoggins went to New York. Henry, Henry Hoggins. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he was the smart one in the family. Uh, he was in 1A1. And uh, yeah, so we'd go put the Hoggins in. What is a Hoggins? <laughs> Hoggins, a young sheep. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, a young hog, sheep. Hoggets, yeah, Before yeah. they start like... A lamb. Big. A lamb. No, <laughs> That's what we call they them go in. from a lamb 
to a hoggett. I never heard that before. They'd have their first lamb. They'd be in, they'd be in lamb for the first time and they'd be called a hoggett. Wow. Well, the first Still t- are. All oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you'd sell them. You'd get a good price for them. Would you have Wellingtons on and would your dad have a stick now? And, and then we would also sell some to the butcher and then we'd pick them up about two days later in a white load of white bags. And the, into the freezer. The lambs, yeah. We'd be eating lamb chops for a month. Tell me about the day of sales Larita. The day of a sale, if you're selling, what would you be selling? Heifers and bullocks and yeah. have you the Wellingtons on? Have you a oh stick? Oh yeah, the Wellingtons. What type of trailer did you have? Well, it depends on what you'd be bringing. If you had a big, you'd have, obviously you'd bring a smaller one for the sheep and hop it onto the, either the car or the tractor. Would you do all that work for them? Would you load them as well? I'd load them with them, yeah, and then I'd go off to the mart. For the had day. you a land cruiser or had you a... No, we had either a, had a car or a tractor, so you had to go in either. One or the other. So when Daddy's driving the tractor, where are you sitting? I'd sit in beside him, oh, just up, up up on the, up near the window. How and, cool is that? And you have great sense memories of all that. Oh, yeah. And, this, and there was great freedom, you know, like it was just, it was happy time. Like there was no, there was nothing... Like we had nothing either, do you know what I mean? But yeah. you didn't need anything really back in the 90s, the 80s, 90s. Tell me about the bag, stuff, of chips, the bag of chips. The bag of chips. Oh, the chips in the in the mart. They were such a treat. Because again, you'd never be getting takeaways or you'd yeah. never be going. Like you wouldn't be going into town getting chips when we were in national school. Like we were at home in Knockmore. You never had takeaways like ever. You'd never have a takeaway. Yeah. We'd always have dinner, 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 lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops. That's you know, wonderful. And I, then I, you'd I, get in and you'd get the chips and it'd be like... In a, tr- in a white tray. In a white tray. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering now... the smell now, is shite. Yeah, do, do you remember... Now this is a strange... One of the, the fondest sense memories I have is the smell of my father and the smell of my uncles. And you'd know when they were at the mart because there was a different smell from the mart than there would be if you were in the shed, say, or yeah. if you were out. So do you, can, can you remember the smell of your father? Yeah. And, and the smell of men at the mart? Yeah. It's a, it's a sweet Brilliant. smell. There's a sweet smell of countryside, isn't there? Yeah. There's it's a, just, is it, I've no problem with smelling slurry now and stuff like that when you'd be driving no, around places. No, slurry's beautiful. Like people would be like, oh God, but <laughs> I've no... I've no. Do you think slurry? Do you think the smell of slurry is getting worse in years now compared to the sweet smell of it years ago? Don't know. Don't know. Maybe they're indoors longer. I don't know. Not sure. Haven't analysed that. Maybe some. What about the smell of cow, cow dung? Cow dung. Cow dung. Yeah, I love that. Or or the smell of round bales and silage, and they stink. They absolutely stink when you open them up, and then you're feeding the cattle with. We had fellas in school from Bohemian who had that stink off them in school. <laughs> Duffel coats that stank like silage. Uh, what, what, what happens when you open up the silage? It's just really smelly. Like it's because it's obviously not like if you're opening up a big silage pit, it's obviously opened and it's more exposed yeah. to the air and it's bigger and it's there and it's. But with the round bale, it's obviously so congealed, all that smell, and then you open it, oh, <coughs> sponging dead grass. Dead grass. Anyway, great memories of yeah, uh, memories. going to the mart and a, and a punnet of chips. I would love to go to the mart. Can we do life. the podcast live at the mart? I know the Hoggets. Did I ever tell you about the time I was driving out of, where's it? It's uh, Kilty Clogher in up in Leithrim. Oh, yes. And I was driving from Kilty Clogher on my way, I think, to Manor Hamilton or something like that. And I picked up a hitchhiker. Uh, by the side of the road I never pick up a hitchhiker and this is coming from a fella who hitched the 32 counties when I was a Gosson like yeah. 16 years of age and uh, like it not bothering my parents in the slightest mm-hmm. that I was going to hitch to Galway yeah. 16 fucking hitching to Galway 
Imagine trying to do it now. Yeah, you wouldn't. It didn't bother us. You'd be gone missing now. And I must have had thousands and thousands and thousands of lifts. And only once did I fella try to drop the hand. He oh, did not. Oh, he did you? Yeah, yeah. He pretended he was Spanish. What? Uh, and he pretended he was Spanish. Uh, uh, my uh, name is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did uh, he sound like that? Did he drop the old man or he did? Did he what did he do? Were you he, sitting in the front seat beside well, him? Of course, yeah. Now it would be very unusual reason to be hitching the lift when the car stops and you get into the back seat and what you is? go and you go uh, That's it, you're enticing uh, them yes. there now. Spiddle, please. <laughs> You I'd get into the back seat. No, you don't. Not, not the, when you're hitching. Not when you're hitting. You don't get into the back seat when right. you're hitching. The, the, the get deal into the front seat where you can elbow the head off him. No, the deal when you're hitching is that the person gives you a lift. <laughs> get into uh, the back seat. Well, it should be safer. Too many films. Get him round the look at him in a headlock. No, you'd be much safer in the back seat. But that's like that's like a chauffeur. You, 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 well, that's fine. You're just getting no, a lift. No, you don't. You no. don't get into the uh, back okay, seat. Okay, well, easy. No, I never did that. No, so. Get into the front so you can hop out really quickly. The deal with hitching is that the person provides a lift and you provide conversation. Right. That's the deal. Okay. That's the kind of the unwritten rule of hitchhiking. Back in the day. Back in the day, someone would pick you up and you're going from Navan to Dublin. It would take about an hour and you'd know getting into the car that you'd have to have a, you'd be chatting away for the hour. Yeah. That's the deal. Okay. And even on a long, I got picked up by, I remember, I remember I was picked up a few times by Christians like born again Christians and they were you know uh, Cork. he said I believe in Jesus Tom Jesus and he was a massive massive Jesus Christ has saved my life he saved my life Tom and, and so you get you know it, it was a fantastic adventure for me all the hitchhiking but so I, I anyway this fellow dropped the hand so what age are you I'm about 20 and you're going from? I'm going Was it from, raining with the wipers on? No, I'm going from Dublin to Navan. And the way you used to go from Dublin then is that you would be in, say, O'Connell Street. You'd walk down to the Phoenix Park and you'd, you'd, you'd hitch in the lip of it. Right. Uh, and because you, then you go from the Phoenix Park out to Blanchard's Blanch, Mulhuddard. And you'd be on the Navan Road then. And this fella stopped up and he pretended he was Spanish and he pretended he... <laughs> He, 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 did, he didn't know the words to various different things and he I don't know the word for this and I don't know the word for that and I was getting very uncomfortable and then he says uh, kind of words was uh, the hand down on the gear stick was it flicking yeah, on you with the finger no he says <laughs> was he no, was there any touching well, well he, he says to me uh, so uh, I don't uh, know uh, <laughs> he's from Gavin he's from Gavin he's trying to speak in a Gavin Spanish accent <laughs> You've been waiting a long time to get that <laughs> accent digging at me. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I did I fucking do an accent? Fucking fucking line of languages over here. <laughs> Come on, Tommy. Hey, hey. So I know I speak. Is he a Filipino now? I uh, I know I speak uh, much English. Uh, what is a? Uh, we're chatting away, right? And then he, he says to me, uh, "What is a word for?" Uh, and he, he makes the gesture for for breath. Stop! I swear to God. Shut up. And. Uh, he goes, what is he? And I'm really, I'm, I, I'm kind of, pr- I'm kind of prudish. I'm going, uh, I'm getting all about uh, uh, boobs. And did you yeah, know gotcha. in the back of your mind he's from Ireland? Oh, I had no clue. I believed him. Like I, I thought he was Spanish. And and then he says, uh, and and what have you even gone? Ah, jugs. <laughs> oh God, yeah, jugs. God. We call them jugs. And uh, he says, and uh, hey, what about hey, 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 what about is then uh, uh, down here? Uh, what would you what do you call that? And I'm 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 uh, a bit, a bit, and I'm I'm like 
those words are you'd be I'd, I'd be uncomfortable saying them anyway. So I I kind of uh, fanny or fanny or something and or gee or gee like. I wouldn't like. He's asking you what is that? Yeah, and it's a hot about a for the boy. What is what is? He would have jumped out of the car, moving. I can't take this. Why was the guy driving out of fucking Dublin in a meal red car? Fucking Toyota Carina, and he fucking speaking Spanish. No, he said he was. He said he was. What do you call it? The B. This thing, big, strong, erect member. Shaft is it? The shaft. He's Spanish actor. He's not Polish. No, anyway, no. Oh, <laughs> Battle of Rosetta Stone here. Like, go on, go on, go on. Go on, um, Tommy. He said he was a businessman and he was overworking Ireland for a little while. And he, he had fluent English, but he didn't know any slang words. And he said to me then, um, uh, what is word for a, uh, for beanies? Uh, and... I goes, I was, uh, uh, yeah, really, or something like that. Just really, it's really uncomfortable, you know. <laughs> Jesus. And then he yes. put his hand on my thigh. <gasps> he did not. And I says, uh, will you stop the car, please? I'm going to get out. So I got out. And about three years later, he said his name was David. David. About three years later, I'm telling that story to somebody <gasps> at a party in Rathfarnham or someplace. No. And he said the exact same thing happened to him. So this fella, and I'm sure there's people listening on the podcast who will remember... Uh, that this fella he used, he used to pretend to be Spanish driving around the Phoenix Park uh, trying to pick up He could up. be a bloody serial killer No he's just looking to get his hands on your balls That's Yeah the... but what happens then when you get them on when he gets you on whatever whenever he puts your hands on your then balls he, beep, beep, he has a good rummage around your ghoulies and he <laughs> fucking... What if he kills you afterwards? No, he mightn't be No he might just say why? He might just say Muchas gracias yeah, why? What's the English for that? Why did he he wants to kill you? I don't know because people that's a weird... Jesus Christ, Tommy, could you imagine... But it's a bit strange from the get-go anyway. <laughs> it is strange, yeah, but like strange things Yeah, but I, th- I, I, I think it's a bit of a leap from groping to killing people. Well, you wouldn't know. It Tommy starts off soft. <laughs> can we, can we, can we... But anyway, so... Oh my God! Yeah, that happened. I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't traumatized by it. I was. I understand. I had a kind of a, a, a bullet. Stop the fucking car! I said, and let me out. Yeah, I didn't even say it like that. I said, and, uh, and it, I said, now she heard me auntie's house. Yeah, me auntie lives here. I'm gonna get out. Please, <laughs> please let me out. <laughs> I know all the people living on. No, this but road. it's not a nice uh, situation to be in. No, but I don't. It didn't knock any spots off me. Did you tell anybody? Uh, I the person did, in Rathfarnham. I probably did, but. I was so like that day. I might have got five lifts. I know. Do you know what I mean? And the following day, then I might have hitched Fucking a car. Or when something. you think of it, that somebody he was out but there. You know, do you not think I want to get his car reg now and I'm going to call the police, the guards? With, with, on what? On my hand? Would go into somebody's house. Do you rem- remember the car, Tommy? I told you, I remember your man. Tommy, you know Detective Sergeant, Detective Sergeant John John Moriarty. Is there are statutes of limitations on trying to grope <laughs> young fellas way back in. 1987 or whenever it was. What anyway, I'm not bothered. But you're more upset about it than I am. I'm not. I'm not traumatized by it uh, in the slightest. It, this fella tried to have a go at me, and I got out of the car. Oh my! But God. I was. I was in the middle of telling you another story. What oh was yeah, this? where was the Katie Clocker? I was on my way from. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. We just that was just, just a, we just pulled into that lay. That's because that. we were on Crime Watch. We were on t- Crime Line there. So, now we go back to 1983 here when there's a. <laughs> So I was. I used to do these world tours of counties, you yeah. know, and I do. Uh, I mean, managed to do like uh, the most we ever did in a county was fourteen in County Cork, fourteen gigs in fourteen different places in Cork, and it was great. I remember doing a gig in Yall. Yall is rough as fuck, lads. Is it rough as 
fuck. We drove past the pier right before the gig and there was a bunch of young fellas there. We just drove, we drove up and down and for some reason the young fellas thought we were the police, right? <laughs> Under, I don't know why the fuck they're called weird but they just, next thing they're just asking, fuck the guards, fuck the guards, fuck the guards. <laughs> but anyway, um, I was doing Leitrim anyway this particular time and Leitrim is a, a, a midge infested gorgeous part of the world. Yeah. It's beautiful up there. Um, and I, I seen this fella by the side of the road and something, my body was ahead of my mind. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I had the car pulled in and in he got. I discovered that this particular gentleman didn't live anywhere and that he spent his whole life, he was in his late 60s, he was clean. That was That's what fucking impressed me about him. He was uh, clean shaven, his clothes were clean. All he had in his left hand was a plastic bag. God knows what was in it. Probably some young fella's head. But anyway, <laughs> he spent his life travelling around the country um, I offered to leave him at this particular part of the road and then he was kind of yeah 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 and then I said I can go further if you want and he says okay you might lead me into Ballinamore and I says yeah I'm driving up that way like I'd wake up in the morning and about maybe say 10 o'clock and I'd have nothing to do till 8 o'clock that evening so what right, are you, okay. you going to do for you know 10 hours in Leitham except you're, Drive up, around, you're yeah. up for adventure you know yeah. so he says oh maybe you might be and I says, where do you live? And he says, oh, well, I, don't, I suppose I don't really live anywhere. So because he was entitled to the free transport, he was uh, he would stay in youth hostels and stuff like that. And he would just travel around the country like that. Spent his whole life. And I was amazed by him. But one of the things he said to me was, it takes all types of people to make a world. Yeah. And I thought that was very generous. And I said to him, you, you never got married, did you? And he says, no, no, no. He says, when I was young, growing up, I seen what marriage done to people's faces. <laughs> and I decided not to do it, what you know. A, what a and, statement. And I, I know another fellow from County Kerry whose parents used to fight an awful lot. And he said that the he his parents' marriage was so traumatic for him that he he it, when he was with a woman in an intimate relationship, even though he wanted it, it just it he said uh, being close to her brought me close to all my neurosis so for him to be with a woman just too much dug up all this psychic dirt that he wasn't able for so he he was someone who wanted to be with a woman but decided for himself I, I just can't handle it you know and even though I love physical intimacy he was the fellow that said to me uh, the, 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 said that to make love properly you have to go, go to the limits of your passion and still feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> so, but this fella said to me, he says, yeah, i seen what marriage done to people. So did faces. he have money? Like, did he, was he able to? Probably was collected the dole the odd time. The pension, probably. Mm-hmm. Pension. But you can't get that if you don't have <coughs> a wanderer, address. A wanderer. A wanderer, isn't that lovely? Tashtali. He just went. Willie had, Clancy Festival and he had the summertime. Wow. He had the circuit that he'd go. So I was going to leave him up near Enniskillen. And then he was going to stay in Enniskillen the night and the following day he was going to take the bus to Belfast. And the day after that then he was going to take the bus down as far as Dublin. And then he'd take the bus as far as, you know. and, yeah, and, 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 and Stages. If, and if he ended up in a small town he'd hitch out of it. Wow. And that's how he spent wow. his life. Just moving around. And I remember I was getting out of the car and he, sa- he says to me, what do you do? And I says to him, well I'm a comedian, you know, a storyteller. And he says, and his eyes fucking lit up with the hilarity of it. He said, Maybe tonight you'll you'll tell a story about me, and I says I will, the king of the road, and he said that's it, the king of the road, and he shut the 
car door and, and left. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So, as promised, uh, the list of countries where we have one listener. So there's it's a long list, isn't it? It's long enough now. Yeah. All right, give it, so, give it out there. So there's one fucker in the Cameroon. Yes. Listen. Right, the Cameroon. Okay. Yeah. Another fucker in Ecuador. Yeah. Hola, mi amigo. There's one in Iran. Yeah. Shalom alaikum. There's one fucker in Kazakhstan. They're not all fuckers. Fuckets. <laughs> there's one lad. There's one lad in Kazakhstan. He's working on a wind turbine up past Kritizhar. Guess the game. Guess the job they're doing, Hector. I, I'll give the jobs. Okay. Right. Okay. We've one. There's a guy in Latvia. He's a jeweler. He's married to a girl called Frida. What about Kuwait? Oh yeah, man is working on the oil. Listen to this one now. We have Kuwait. Could you imagine Kuwait? Your man, the desert, listening to us. So we've one in Lesotho, and we have one in Libyan Arab Jamahiraha. I'm glad you said that one. That's mad. We've one in Tanzania. We've one in the Yemen. We've one in Panama. Panama. Hola. We have six in we'll the. Them out. Uh, but unfortunately, we have nobody in Angola. Right. <laughs> So that's people talk about uh, when you get to all this shit. People talk about uh, emerging markets. I think just at the <laughs> annual, at the time shareholder the, meeting, the shareholder meeting. I just think there's there's definitely room for improvement in. We have yet to break. So the the, the two major areas that I see that yeah uh, yeah. So there's a list of three countries here where we've no listeners: uh, Afghanistan, Angola, and Antarctica. I think there's definitely room for improvement. They there. all start with A. I wonder what that's about. Um, I. Can we reach out to those people then? How would we... Well, what we'll do is if those people get in contact with us, what we will do is we will send you... You'll be the only fucker Hector, in the we'll Yemen. send you Hector. <laughs> we'll send Hector in the post. The fucking DPD van. Well! Off to Yemen. Hola! Hola! <laughs> what we'll do is uh, if you can manage to get in contact with the show, if you're in one of those countries where there's only one listener, 
or if you're going to be our one and only listener in Angola, uh, Antarctica. <laughs> we'll fly you home for Christmas. No, we'll send you a, a mug or a jumper. Or a, f- oh yeah. A mug, a mug or, a, or jump. a jumper. Now you'd be fairly bet in the heat in the Yemen. Uh, with a, a big. You can cut the sleeves uh, off. And you have it. to send us a picture of you drinking tea in the heat in the Yemen. So we're delighted that you're listening. Uh, our, our, What's our Twitter handle? Our far away friends. It's uh, the Tommy and Hector podcast. Ash. Uh, yeah. On, on, you'll find it everywhere there. Just find Just tell someone else. Uh, you were saying, them. Hector, there, the, the dinners you cooked during the week or something. Yeah, I'm very I, impressed. I, I, yeah, I decided to do something completely different. Uh, a friend, uh, Rian, the oldest boy, said, when a, I, a friend, no, uh, my son. <laughs> oh, I was getting those two mixed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Said, uh, Who's that little fella? It's a friend, a friend of mine. No, Rian. He, he was no, at a, he was dad. No, dad. A, I'm not your friend. He was at, he was at, a, he was at a, a friend's house and he said, We just had buttermilk chicken burgers below there for the birthday. And I went, What? Butter, what buttermilk chicken burgers. And I Sounds started, hideous. and then he Googled it. Oh, and not, I said, I know it's buttermilk chicken tenders and buttermilk chicken mm. burgers. So the other day, I decided Hang to. Hang on, buttermilk. Buttermilk, chicken. Tommy. Yeah. Marinade. There's no milk in chicken. Marinade. No, but listen to this. So you go into the you soup. You could milk one if you were, as you, as you said before, if you were determined enough. Larita, how, how, how would you milk a chicken? Larita, as you can see here, meals on wheels, seven days a week, Marta Banny Kine coming down with the. Yeah, ask lad. her for buttermilk chicken and burgers. And can I just clarify Friday? with people? She really does deliver seven meals a what day. What did she bring you yesterday? What did you get? Uh, yesterday was a kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, a small little pancake type thing, but not as thick as a pancake, with mincy, mincy stuff in it and peppers. and it was Like a, a taco? A guacamole thingy, would you? That's unbelievable. She's fucking, she's That's incredible. But she's only doing out of the goodness of her heart. She's better. She's flat out with it. So, so I, got, I went to the supermarket and I never bought buttermilk before. I had me chicken breast. I bought Must me buttermilk. Must be the first time you went Cajun, to the supermarket in a week. Cajun, sure I had Kangos. Cajun, Cajun seasoning. <laughs> I put the chicken butter breast. Buttermilk. So it, you buy buttermilk. Is it butter? That, that's like saying, uh, can I have a slice of uh, bread toast? No, how does that sound like that? Like buttermilk. Butter, you know. Buttermilk has gone off milk. Buttermilk is sour milk that's sitting in, in a carton in the, in you the make supermarket. Bread with. You make bread with and sourdough and all that. So I got me but chicken don't breasts. Don't you know fucking loads of stuff? I put chicken breasts no. in. No, you would as well I'll if talk you to you, Larita. I'll end the if conversation you knew how with to you cook, here. You'd know all about it too. Uh, Chicken breast into the into the into the the, the, big, the buttermilk, the buttermilk, and, and mar- sauce. And marinade. No, I didn't do that. I marinated them over twenty four hours with, uh, with the cling film. Then I took the cling film off, set up my deep fat fryer. I had my hundred percent flour. Hang on, hang on. You were cooking the dinner for a, like you you had to start Thursday's dinner on Wednesday. Uh, this is Friday. We all we always have chips prep, on a Friday. Prep. Yeah, but you started cooking it on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday evening. And what did you have for dinner Thursday evening? I think we had sweet and sour chicken. So did you cook two dinners on the Thursday? Yes, you have sweet and sour chicken and then the next day the boys knew I'd be doing, when they came home from school, it'd be buttermilk chicken and... But you started homemade. preparing the buttermilk chicken on the Thursday? About yeah. nine o'clock Thursday. E- even though you were already cooking the sweet and sour chicken? Yes. That's what Maura makes your dinner on Jesus. Thursday for Friday. Look at your man here is living in fantasy land. Yeah. Fantasy land. I like All it. He hears is I like it here in fantasy ding land. Ding dong. <laughs> ding dong. How are you Moira? How's it going? Oh, it's a tofu tangine yeah. curry. Lovely. I love that he doesn't even know what it is. He just eats it in So, Larita, I, then I took, I had my deep fat fryer on. I had my 100% flour with Cajun spice. Uh, Level of smugness coming off this conversation now is No, Tommy, this is called cooking. So Cooking with Larita I, Hector. I, I, I took off the, and the, the, the buttermilk is now enveloped 
into the breast and then I I, I, I really I, yeah. and as I warm what's and in it so Nig- Nigella I dredged the chicken breast and embalmed it in flour with Cajun seasoning oregano salt you're and making pepper. fairly suggestive hand movements there that, I'm trying to do a Nigella Lawson have you ever seen Nigella Lawson yeah but she, she can pull it off a little bit you <laughs> oh, she and certainly her red can silk she can dress. pull me off yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Nigella. Lord. Dredging. And, do you ever see this, the angles of Nigella? Christmas always, morning when she's making that turkey. Woo. Woo. And she sticks her hand up the gutha. Yeah, she's... she's you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get at the ramparts. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and uh, into the deep fat fryer. The problem was my hands were getting really sticky. But Gloves, we, gloves. You wear gloves. Is it that the key? Yeah, that's the key. There you go. Well, that was it, Tommy. That's me bottom Just of story. Wake me up when you're done, will you? You're the one who asked about it. No, because you. Because it's fucking called living in the real world, cooking. And, and buttermilk chicken hasn't cooked it's in so years. It's so tender, isn't it, Hector? It's so tender. It's absolutely. And you know the beauty Tenderized of it? Yes. before you eat Lurita, it. Lurita, you would you it. use buttermilk? I do regularly. Buttermilk absolutely. chicken. And you know what? I'm going to embrace buttermilk now. From now on, now I know how to use it. Bread. I, I think I'll make my own buttermilk tenders every Friday with me homemade chips. No. You know, I'd like to uh, talk about something. <laughs> Okay, okay, Tommy, take a deep breath. No, Tom. Tom. Here's an interesting one. So, uh, a friend of mine is going to see a counsellor. Like, uh, um, uh, not a county counsellor, is it? No, a psychotherapist or a psychoanalyst or or, or something like that, you know. I've had queer things said to me by psychotherapists. I I had one who told me that uh, I didn't, my problem was I never wanted to be born. What is that a registered per, registered? Have you gone? So you've gone into these sessions, Tommy. Yeah. So so, but this is just an, this is just an aside. Um, yeah, she told me that I didn't want to be born. Was she a tarot card reader? Card reader? No, she she were. I was in talk, a great woman now, and I was chatting away to her, and she said to me, "Close your eyes and tell me what you see." So th- with no preparation, this is of a Tuesday afternoon in Galway in autumn, three or four years ago, and she says, "Just close your eyes and tell me what you see," and. I said, I, I see a light. Now, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I, I saw these things, as anybody would see when you close your eyes immediately. And I, I decided to be honest about what I saw. Okay? Now, sometimes when in a therapeutic situation, when somebody says, tell me what you see, you get a bit self-conscious about it and your mind starts producing images that you don't really want to say. Oh, it's playing tricks on you, like. Well, it's kind of, it's it's kind of. So I started often with those things. I'd see Mickey's. Do you know, like a no, like a hundred like, Mickey's coming towards me you face. Must be or a something. dream for a psychologist. Slapping them on the forehead. You're, you're, Do you ever get that close rising beat? Like just that's a, an awful dream. And isn't just it? see Mickey's like, everywhere. A battalion of Mickey's. It's just a squad of them coming down, and they're heading for your face. Right, so <laughs> you're sick. You're sick. Can I have some more tea? Hang on. That's exactly the type of attitude that Don't I'm trying to come. I am. I'm. You are a sick human being. coming over the did, hill. Did, this, did she say that there What's was something that wrong with you? over the hill? No. I'm. What I'm saying to you is that in she, a, in a no. situation like. So she just it, pretended uh, then that there was something else coming out. No. What I'm saying to you is that if you're on your own and you're in your bedroom and you close your eyes mm, okay mm. and you might see images of different things uh, there's no pressure on you what I'm suggesting is that in in a public situation like uh, a therapy what happens to me is that I I would start seeing things that you shouldn't see I shouldn't see it's like my mind is going I dare you I fucking dare you to say this now right so I've so in this particular situation was as uh, she said close your eyes and tell me what you see 
And again, this is, I wasn't trying. There was no preparation. There was no, um, it was just, I had no idea it was going to happen. Said, what do you see? And I said, I see, close my eyes. I see a light, a kind of a white light. But there's, there's stuff on top of it, like, and, and I had this association with the stuff on top of it. So I, and I said, I can't say that. But I said. What was it? It was, it says, are you ready for this now? Well, probably not. But Can I, are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. I said, it's like me mother's pubic hair. What is wrong with you? No wonder you went to see somebody. I'm only, I, I, I'm. I, you're only what? That's, you're not okay. What was it? Tell me, tell me more about what you're looking at there. So I, I didn't ask for this and I'm trying to be as honest as I can with this lady. And was, How does it look like? But hang on, hang on. I know what she said. She said, keep your eyes closed and she popped out, had her lunch and left to talk for the rest of the day because she thought too much information. And then she goes home to cook the buttermilk chicken. How was your day at the counselling today? Well, yeah. He's still in there. He's his eyes closed. Tommy, you did. so hang on. So, so again, and, and I'm being very honest with you now about this and I'm not, I'm just telling you what I saw. What did she say? So hang on. So then I said, I, uh, and I'm, and I said, I'm, I'm moving towards this light, but I don't like it. I don't like the light and I want to get away from it. And then uh, I said that uh, I'm, next thing I said, this huge hand, like this massive hand, bigger than I am comes and picks me up and it wants to put me down on the ground but I don't want to go on the ground. Okay? So this, these are, this, this is like Salvador Dali. This is like just random images. This is from your non-logical part. Had you taken anything before? No, I hadn't. To and alter sh- your mind? No, th- but... It's I, like, is this, does this happen in anyone else's head? I bet it does in yours as well. What? I close my eyes no, and no. I see pubic hair hanging down from the ceiling, is it? And a big hand coming to take me away. Tommy, seriously. There's actually... <laughs> That's the way you said it. I close, I close my eyes. Drew back your pubes, la la la, to see first. <laughs> la la la, whose pubes are they? Yeah. Oh, anyway, look. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, I don't know what sort of a situation you'd put yourself in for this to arise. And what she said, all I did was close my eyes and say what I saw. Well, close them now. <laughs> Go on, close your eyes now. No, I'm not. Cause I'm in the middle of a story. Anyway, so. Uh, I was obviously embarrassed about this and... and well, and, so, so you should be. <laughs> but I said it anyway and uh, then she says, okay, open your eyes. So I open my eyes and I kind of go, fuck me. Uh, uh, you know, at least I said it. At least I wasn't, you know, pretending to have thoughts that I don't have and not even thoughts, images and associations. I have to so, tell you, you no, should no, have no. pretended. You, you should have pretended you didn't No, but oh, he's your, paying your, good money. Your, pay- your psyche is like a fucking brick wall with no holes in it at all. <laughs> it's a load of hoggets on the back of the trail. <laughs> Close your eyes. Close, what do you see? Hoggets. I see hoggets and scurry pits and <laughs> punnets of chips. I see punnets of hoggets. I see hoggets eating punnets of chips. <laughs> on, so anyway, on. so uh, she, she said, um, okay, well, I, I think what's going on there, Tommy, is that you were expressing the desire that you did not want to be born. Hmm. Now, so I now that, that that has stayed with me. That happened about four or five years ago. It has stayed with me as a thing. I did not want to be born. Right, you're making so. 
I get that. I, I figured that bit so out. You, sorry, Hector's what, trying to explain in silence here. Yes, what I did get it. But I, think I thought get. he was trying to pull something. I didn't. Yes, I get it. But that's not the story I wanted to tell you. The sto- story I wanted oh God, to tell something you. Something even worse, is it? No, this is a... Jesus, Tommy, can I ask? What time of the morning was this session? It's about 11 o'clock. And had she said, or was it a lady yeah. therapist? Yeah, yeah. Did she say to you, okay, relax, Tommy, were you lying down for this? No, sitting what, in a chair. Was the lighting nice? Was there quietness? Was there no, calm? I bet you when you closed your eyes, she was flashing up cards. With vaginas You're so suspicious. Why you, you watch too many you, movies? I have you, questions. You have no I think, sympathy for my honesty. Well, I think now I, I can see the, the whole image emerging here. Yeah. Your negativity over the last few months. Look at the way I the hands go. Look at, now. look at the, but the, but the big this pen in one hand. This is where it's coming from. You're, you know, you're on about how the you know, it's boring during the day. You don't have a zest for life anymore. You like flat. He said, he said he was flat. You're flat. I said I was not that's, flourishing. Yeah, that's where that's coming from because it's co- you're being constantly reminded of your desire to have stayed to be never born. So now that's staying with you. And as a result, you're a negative person. So there you go now. And now it's time for one of those little stings on the podcast. No, but I, uh, but no. I did also say that I loved being at work the other day, and I was thriving on it. Yeah, but you're only trying to convince yourself. So what, what, what do I do, Louise? Well, I think you need to, and I think you need to array. You need to flush that episode from your memory. You need to take something that will get rid of it, I, like and then it, you need to be. You need to let somebody be a little bit more positive with you. You need to go back to that counselor, and you need to say. Did you do many sessions with her? I did, and she was a, gr- a great woman, really, really. I've good. never gone to counselling. Do, do should, as, should should everyone go to counselling? I don't know. I think it's kind of it's like. Well, t- uh, Tommy has needs to go to a few more sessions. So what happened in the next episode of The Sopranos <laughs> uh, when you closed your eyes for no, a I, second I, I, time? I, uh, I can't remember. It was, but that one particularly stayed with me because the as I was seeing the images, I couldn't unsee them. No, I I couldn't make sense of them. But then her thing afterwards, I went, geez, now wasn't she smart? But was this a recurring view you had? when Not you at all. Or? No, no, no. So it just happened that minute in mm. the... That yeah, minute. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Again, with, this is like if, if you got into a taxi and a fella says, close your eyes and tell me what you see. No, no preparation. But the... Um, but it stayed with me as a kind of a... Not as a... It's, it stayed with me as a, as a kind of almost... An obstacle to something. Like that's, a, that's an unbelievable thing to say to somebody. That's you, what I'm telling you. you. Your problem is you, 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 you have a desire not to be born. But, but, but anyway, that's not, not what, I, what I wanted to talk about. This is what I wanted to talk about. We can come back to it, of course. But this is what I want to talk about. So this uh, friend of mine is going to see a counsellor. Um, and this is, I think, I think this, is a be- this is a beautiful sentiment. The, uh, this person I know said that they phoned up the counsellor and said, look, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. Right. And the counsellor said, uh, fine, I'll be here anyway. So what the counsellor was going to do is, even though my friend wasn't going to turn up, my, the counsellor was going to sit in the space opposite the empty chair for the hour so that my friend knew in some weird way that for that hour, there was someone who cared and there was someone who was still kind yeah, of... Yeah, that was lovely, wasn't it? Minding them. Isn't it beautiful? Mm, that's a nice yeah. thing. Yeah, that's pure... pure Heart. Yeah, and, and, care, and caring. Yeah. Counselling. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'll, sti- I'll, I'll still be here for you. That's lovely, yeah. And it reminded me of um, 
the do the poor Clares, the, yeah. the mm. nuns in Nuns Island, uh-huh. and they have a thing of they have an altar of perpetual adoration, mm-hmm. which means um, at any hour of the day and night. That's in a lot of churches. Yeah. No, but at any hour of the day and night, there's a member of the poor Clares is kneeling down in front of it. Really? So All two, the time. three, four, they do it in shifts. Mm. Six o'clock, seven o'clock, New Year's Eve. There's well, a, it's continual adoration. One person is there. And I said to them, what, what are you doing? And they said, we're sending love out into the city. I, now, isn't that, isn't that that's a lovely, that's gorgeous. That's, yeah. they not, I thought they were the ones that don't talk. They don't talk, no. So how did they tell you that? They were, must have been talking this day. Maybe there was a, I met one of them out of it or something like that. Wow. Not out of it. Adoration. <laughs> Ado- continue. Ad- adoration is an awful lot of churches. Perpetual adoration. Uh, yeah, perpetual adoration. Do you think, let's go back to the counselling thing um, because uh, do you think that that's something, why did you feel the need to go to a counsellor in your life leading up to that, those days? Oh, I, I, I started going to a counsellor when I was 16, 17. And would that happen like sporadically? Even back then. Or back regular. then, yeah. Once every... I, tend to want to go like once every three or four to years. To different people all the yeah, time. Yeah, and I don't go for very long. I go for maybe five or six sessions uh, every three or four years. Do you know from the moment you walk in there that this counsellor is better than the one you've had or are they all really good? Or No, there's a... I've had mainly women um, and I've had uh, two very, very good ones. Mm. W- women that you kind of... There's almost, they're wise women. Do women have more empathy as a counsellor than men? Or have, I don't know. They were does just, that make any difference? I, no? I'm not sure if it makes any difference. Maybe you talk more openly about sex if you're with a man. Mm. Um, but what I've, I, it, it was like being in the presence of wisdom. It was like having a wise mother. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like you go in and I just, with the, with the two of them, I just felt I'm in the company here of goodness and wiseness and Irishness and this is this is something like you could be walking home from school and you say to yourself I'll, I'll swing in here to see uh, Mrs Nolan mm. and Mrs Nolan said come on in Tom come in come in how are you yeah sit down there beside the fire and I'll give you a cup of tea and a biscuit mm. before you woke up safe how are you yeah you know, that's the kind the warmth, of warmth yeah nice, isn't it? that's the feeling I got from, from those yeah, two yeah. women that they were just and it was parts of the country they were from as well. One was from Donegal and one was from out Connemara. And you just, they were just, they had that salt of the earth, Irish charm, mischief, a light in the eye, but pure soul. Understanding. And pure care. And did great. you feel better after that? that like, I, I know for a fact, so say for example, if you go for shiatsu or a reiki or some therapy that you feel as if, you feel as if something's after happened. So the hour after the counselling session and you're driving home or that night or the next day, did you feel better? I don't think so. I don't think I felt better. I had another strange one where uh, she said to me, um, uh, I was after spending, it was a, after another one of these fucking fantasy explanations, right? So you're, you're in the pure spirit world at that stage. So you're, you're kind of not connected to your body. All your attention is on images and do you have the courage to say what image is coming up for you? Right. You, you're, you're not and would you be sitting looking at this person yes. or would you be facing away? Or? No, I'd be looking at her but I'd have my eyes closed for the, for, the, wow. fa- for the fantasy stuff. And you'd be saying, you're not asking for the images. They're coming. They're just the images are there, you know. Uh, and you're kind of going, okay, do I have 
the balls to say this now, even because it's it's rude or it's embarrassing or whatever, you know, but you do, you go, go for it. So I spent about 20 minutes one day doing this type of work, you know. And so you're kind of half, you're floating. At, so you're not really in your body, mm-hmm. you know. So I opened my eyes and she said to me, uh, okay, um, this session, we're, we're coming to the end of the session now. What do you, uh, we would do some exercises. Are you okay? Because you're, you're pure spirit at this stage now. She said, you're kind of, there's a disconnect going on. With your body. Yeah. So do you want to ground yourself before you go out? We we'll do some exercises to ground you. And I said to her, I'm totally fine. I love it. You know, I, I, I like this feeling. And I walked out of it and up Shop Street. Slightly. Well, there you go. So you did get it. You Airy. got it. Disembodied <laughs> or yeah, something. Or floating, or floating. Floating, you know. Yeah. It was like it was like, it was like the time when um, I broke a bone in my hand and I went into the hospital and they, they inject this yoke into you where it's it was the the medical version of Rohypnol. Right, you're the, the date rape drug, right? right. So they what, they, what they do is they, they, they inject this super official version of Rohypnol into you. And what they do is my, my I think it's called an anaesthetic. No, this was... No, like, no, no, no. This, this is, is different. Like, this is a camera. No, no, will you hear what they do? So they, my hand needed to be rebroken in order for the... Bone. Morphine, Tommy. No, 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 no. Morphine. Nope. My hand needed to be rebroken in order for the bone, bone to set. Yeah. So what happens is they rebroke my hand. Yes. I screamed. But you didn't feel anything. When they did it? No, I, sc- I screamed because I felt it. But a second later, I had no memory that it happened. What? Oh, that's a nice one. Get us some of that, will you? <laughs> no, Larisha, that's how... That's, how <laughs> that's you coming back on the plane. <laughs> that, that, that's our lads throwing drugs into you. Well, that woman that was... No, but so hang on. So, so, so uh, that, and that's amazing. So, because I, I said to my wife, you know, she was there with me. She said, what was going on? She said, you fucking roared. And I said, I have no... What? Recollection of it. I thought it. they'd give you a bit of but, but I said, I said, then I said to her, then this other floaty experience, and I said, my wife says, come here, come here, come here. She says, what, Tommy? And I said, I love drugs. <laughs> so obviously during COVID, there's been lots of like kind of people have been, you know, maybe trying to have an excuse. I saw something in the paper the other day that somebody wanted to have a party. So in order to have the party because they couldn't for social, you know, because you couldn't have X amount of people, more than maybe 10 people. I think it was in Spain or somewhere. So they decided to stage a movie set and pretend they were all in a movie. Oh, you know, like a... Yeah, because film film crews yeah. can get together. And then they created... So they pretended to be a film crew. Yeah, wow. and they created a, a, a scene for their party. No. Creative. And told people they were shooting a film. Yeah. It's like your man in Dublin Airport who took the three euro flight to London and the six boys went to... They went into Dublin Airport. They went through customs, went through the passport, never got on the flight and stayed the day in the pub. And the airport. Took, and they took the photo of the points and their 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 boarding cards and they never got on the flight. The flight cost seven euro fifty or something ridiculous. And they did Brilliant. twelve hours in the pub in Dublin Airport. Uh, my <laughs> uncle is hoping to come back from London for Christmas and he's asking me, What do I do? Well, Tony Hulahan said he's not encouraging people happened, to no. do it. Don't come back. No. It's hard, isn't it, on people? He wants to come back and he wants to uh, 
float around uh, the hometown and say hello to his family. Mm. That's uh, a difficult one, isn't it? He's in his early eighties, and he's so he's been. He's the, Tony says no. Tony said no. That's only an hour from here. And Leo said no. But if you were going to do it, then what would you do? Would you stay in a hotel for a fortnight? See he's what they're doing. He's, he's asked me to put him up in the Shelburne for two weeks. Oh, good man. <laughs> That's a good idea. You should definitely do that. And then let him float around. You see, in Australia, so a friend of mine was telling me they flew back to Australia and it's just automatic. You get taken in from the airport, bust to a hotel of oh, the government. serious. You have to pay something like $3,000 okay. or whatever to stay there for two weeks. You stay in the room, you get daily phone calls from the nurse or a doctor, you get checked to see if you've got any symptoms. A young one, like a young nurse. Yeah. Like she FaceTime. FaceTimes, yeah. yeah. And she says, take off your clothes there and turn around and do all this sort of stuff. Yeah, close your eyes, what do you see? Yeah. <laughs> I see vaginas. Um, I didn't see vaginas, it was white light. And battalions and Mickeys. Bata- squadrons. Squadrons and pubic hair. And uh, so they have to stay there for two weeks to get food it's dropped to the door three times a day. And it's just, that's the way it if is. If you break that, it's I think it's, it's something like fine. eight weeks now and there's been no COVID in Australia because they've taken it seriously. But if you break that, it's a massive fine. I don't think it's possible for you to break it either because... If you try, they will fine yeah, you heavily. Heavily, yeah. I mean... If you try and leave the room or whatever and then the day before they send you a badge put on your wrist and then you're free to go and you're you've been quarantined wow but like here we're just taking the absolute like there's no are we in what way because there's no like oh have you like somebody told me brilliant they had to travel for work so they travelled you know to Europe went came back and they get a text message you know are you still quarantine and have you got any symptoms blah blah it's an automated message but he texts back and he says I'm still in the same place right which is like he went home and he said Jesus they never text me back or anything I said the message wouldn't have sent would it and he went why I said it's an automated message like they're not texting you out of the blue just to see are you at home and are you doing all right like it's an automated message you're supposed to fill out a form blah 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 blah. and he writes back I'm still here in the same place (laughs) and then I don't understand you're supposed to go home and quarantine from where so he was abroad yeah he was in Europe and he came home came home and filled out the form and they and and he was at the airport. You know they go blah blah blah. blah. I don't know what they say because I haven't been to the airport. Yeah, yeah. And then you're supposed to go home, and quarantine there for, is it? I don't know. Was it fourteen days, ten days, wow, whatever okay. it is, reduced. So if it. my uncle comes over, can he? If he quarantined for two weeks, would he be all right? I think he can quarantine mm. for less now. I think the I think time it's five days. It's, it's five days five now. Day I think. After lockdown, yeah. So you can put him up in the Shelburne for five days, not two weeks. So that's yeah. the that's, question I have here on the podcast is. Yes. Would you show your shoulder to the doctor in January for the jab? Hands up, who'll take the jab? I'll take it. Well, I, I don't believe in that. Fucking getting vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. You're fucking mad it's a conspiracy because there's... there's <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Sidney Powell. <laughs> they, 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 they squirt stuff into you so they can control your thoughts. What one would you take? Would you well, ta- I'll tell you, it'll probably do you no harm. Okay, the question would be, will you take the uh, AstraZeneca? Would you take the... I'd take Moderna? the one that's 95% plus you take the effective. Pfizer, would you? Will I you would. take the Pfizer? I'm not the Pfizer. They can come in here and give it to me. I you think... Can't, can't what would you do? Grow an extra face off the no, side you, of your you'd face? You'd have like. a fucking permanent horn for the rest of your life. No, no. <laughs> Why? The Pfizer boys to be The fucking. Pfizer it's a, it's a half Viagra half Pfizer oh, half COVID yeah. So 
Hands up who take the shot. Yes? Yeah. Hands no, up who's no. going to the fucking White House in fucking January. Yes, uh, you'll take the shot then, you Tommy, bollocks. Yeah. Tommy will be able Tommy to go. Tommy, over the airport going, I'm an empty Hi, vaxxer. Tommy, this is uh, security here. Sorry, you can't you can't. You won't get on the plane. You will not get on the plane sure, to here, the White listen, House. This fella yeah. won't even go in and get his fucking nostrils checked. Never mind. Oh, by the way, now that we're on a health thing, when is the finger going up the butt? That's 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 uh, our business. It is. Our, it's it's, it's been cunt. done. It's been done. Did you have it? I haven't had nothing done yet. I don't know when these things are happening. Anyway. Well, yeah, but been... did you see anyway? Okay. Sorry, yeah. But I saw this thing in Germany, you know, with social distance and all. There's this soccer team, an 11th tier soccer team. They were beaten 37 nil because they decided to take the social distance approach during the match. <laughs> so they, they kept two foot away from their impulse. I think that's what happened to me on Saturday night, was it? They they oh, did a social distancing approach sake. to Dublin. Yeah, Dub- well, just enjoy the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. They stayed two foot off their men at all times. Uh, if anybody's been affected by any by of the Mayo issues... By Mayo football over the last 15 years. <laughs> any issues raised in the podcast, uh, that's... Uh, D- don't listen we to We have Thomas. to say this now at the end of every podcast. You can contact. Affected, contact your local m- mental or medical health practitioners uh, for help. It's been a pleasure uh, talking for you. Because uh, that's what we're doing, aren't we? We're talking for people. Yeah. And to them and, and making them laugh. And There's and a lovely, I don't really do hellos, but there's a lady called what Sabrina. What do you do? Don't do hello. I don't say hello. <laughs> what again? do you mean you don't do hello? There's, there's, a, there's a lady called Sabrina. In Sabrina the, in the southwest. She didn't want to get Hang too on. specific with her address. It's like Moran so Dye here. You say hello to Sabrina, please. She's oh. a, she's a particular fan of you, Tommy. But she didn't ask you to say hello. Hector, could you say hello to her? Hi, Sabrina. Right, hello, Sabrina. What do you mean you don't do hellos? No, I just don't mean like I'm not going to be doing like shout-outs. Just owns. walk into houses Sabrina. and go, Anyway. Sabrina. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, everybody, this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, <laughs> it's goodbye from me. And it's me. goodbye from me. And me. Long. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.